TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Mark Dundare with you until 12 midnight. Patriots getting set to take on the Miami Dolphins down in South Florida. They have arrived down there. They are going to get acclimated to the conditions and the heat prior to taking on Miami. I don't think that's a, you know, I don't think it's a desperation move. Um, I, I don't see how it'll hurt. I think it could be good to bond. I think it could be good to get used to the heat. I, I don't think it's a big game-changing move. But I don't think it'll hurt. Well, Bart Scott disagrees, and this is what he said earlier on uh, ESPN. I think this is a desperation move. You, you're trying to change the narrative, right? You understand that you struggle in South Beach, and South Beach is undefeated. I say South Beach because you have to fight the elements. <laughs> but now you're taking your team down to an environment. You have to have some disciplined veterans because you can have bed checks all you want. That, listen, from five to nine, it's a lot of things that goes on in Miami, and it's going to take a lot of discipline. And I worry about you maybe dehydrating your team early <laughs> in the week. It's like going to camp for the first time and maybe dehydrating your team early. I mean, it's not enough skinny light and pickle juice in the world. So that was a disaster on how uh, multiple levels. Number one, he says that he thinks it's a desperation move. Then he acknowledges that he said, what did he say? Miami's undefeated because of the, the elements or the weather, the heat. So he acknowledges that the elements and getting used to the elements is a challenge. Right after he says that it's a desperation move that the Patriots went down there to get used to the elements. So, what is it? To me, based on what you said, it was a good idea to go down there and get used to the elements because that's a thing when you play in Miami. So that's number one. Number two, do you really like? Do you really think? Now, hey, maybe it'll happen. But do you think guys that play for Bill Belichick are going to be going out and getting, you know, going into the clubs of Miami the week of the game? Like, I, I just feel like Bill Belichick has a reputation after 20-something years with the Patriots that, hey, you know, maybe don't do that. You know, maybe that wouldn't really sit well with me if you want to stay employed. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't see that going down. Maybe I'll be wrong. You know, maybe there's an Adelius Thomas or somebody. I don't know why I brought the M up. But, like, somebody that just doesn't give a rip and will go out and do what he wants on Thursday night or Friday night or whatever. But (laughs) I'm going to guess 
that they know what their boss is looking for and that they don't want to mess with them and that they're going to stay in line and maybe not be out all night at the wet t-shirt contest in Miami. Like, I, I don't see it, you know? Maybe they just maybe they just wanted to get there early because they know how bad the airlines have been basically all summer, so they're not taking any chances. Well, you know, they do take that private plane, so hopefully they don't have airline issues. I don't know what the airports are like. I Look, I think it is a way of – I think part of it is because I think they know, and I think Bill Belichick privately will acknowledge that the preseason did not look good. And I think this was sort of a way to kind of break up the, the norm, you know? Okay, we've been here, we've been at Gillette most of the year, most of the preseason, we've practiced here most of the summer. Hasn't gone great. Let's go south and see what happens. Let's go early, get used to the weather, get used to the heat, and maybe it'll, uh, I don't know, create some positive energy for the team that they could use. 617-779-7937. I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. I just don't think it's going to be a game changer. Um, I think what will be more of a game changer will be the Patriots' inability to throw the ball. And based on what we've seen this preseason, there's no reason to think that they're going to be able to throw the ball. Yeah, That's the problem. Yeah, if they lose, no one's going to say, oh, well, if they didn't get there like five days early, they could have won that game. No. No, it's only helped them. I- I'm just worried. See, we keep hearing it, and Bill Belichick himself has said it. Okay, I forget if he said it during the press conference today or with Greg. He has said that it takes multiple weeks, multiple weeks to know what you have as a team. Okay, this this team can't afford to spend multiple weeks trying to figure out what they are. They're not good enough. They're not talented enough. Tom Brady, the old Tom Brady, he can spend multiple weeks figuring out what the team is. What do they do exceptionally well? What do they just do regular well? What do they do maybe not excellent but good? Because when you're that good, you can do those types of things. This team isn't that good. So they can't do those types of things. They need to be ready to go by the time the season started. They're not good enough to wing it. They're not good enough to not study for the test. They need to study. They need to put in all the effort they can before. And I'm not saying they haven't put in a lot of effort. I'm just saying... This is why I'm uncomfortable with them, starters being them, sitting out first preseason games. That, to me, was an opportunity to improve, to get better. I mean, you get the best receiver you had last year playing one preseason game. And he did not even play that well. That doesn't say to me, this guy's going to be ready to rock and roll and light it up come week one, especially against a decent defense. So... Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. But if it's about this team winning, especially winning offensively, like with a good offensive game plan and good offensive production, there is no reason for me to sit here and say that's going to happen. I want it to happen, but it's just there's no, I can't sit here and say, based on what I've seen, this is what's going to happen and it's going to be good for the Patriots. You never know. Damian Harris hasn't done much this preseason. Hunter Henry hasn't done much this preseason. They could still put forth an effort that surprises a lot of people. The tight ends for the Patriots could have a day on Sunday, and we none of us would have seen it coming. But because of that, 
I'm not predicting that. I think they're going to be in a low-scoring game, a close game, but a low-scoring game with Miami, and they're going to have to try to find a way to outlast them down the stretch. That's how I see that game going. Because I just don't think they have enough. They don't have enough compared to Miami, who feels like they have a lot, or just they just don't have enough, period? They don't have enough, period. They don't have enough, period, until I see otherwise. There's no, again, I'm just looking at the trends. How receivers have performed in their second year isn't, you know, it it doesn't bode well for guys that had a really bad first year. They don't just turn it on and say, hey, I figured it out. It doesn't usually happen. Now, Nelson Aguilar has looked better this year. We'll see. But if you think I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to go into Miami and light it up for 96 yards and two touches, I'm not going to say that. Like, I can't say that. There's no reason to think that that's going to happen. So, I want to see... I need to see it in a regular season game against a representative opponent, which the Dolphins are. Until I see this offense become more dynamic, they are going to be stuck in this team that we have seen the last few years. And and why can't we just admit it? Why can't we just say, since Tom Brady left, the Patriots, I'm not going to say they've been a disaster. That's too strong. But they've been a shell of themselves. What you knew the Patriots to be is no more, not even close. Now, we knew that. But what we didn't know necessarily was that the minute Tom Brady left, the Patriots were going to become a shell of what they were. I guess we did know that because you're never going to replace Tom Brady. But now seeing it multiple years later, I think subconsciously we all still think that we're going to see the old Patriots and that they're still this team that we... No. Belichick is still there. Yes, he's a lot older. And you don't have the greatest quarterback that ever lived. This is going to be a drastically different situation. Yeah, it's hard to grip on a new era when the previous era has gone on for 20 years. It'd be different if it was like a five-year run, but this was a 20-plus year run. And you still have the same head coach. You still have the same owner. So it feels the same. You still now have a good quarterback. You know, there's there's still guys that are there. Devin McCourty, that list is getting a lot shorter. You know, Slater. But it's just a different team now with different issues, with different a different culture. It's not close to what it was. And some of the things that you used to be able to do, you're not going to be able to do. Like I said, September was always an extension of the preseason. No, 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 no. That was for, that was that used to be the case. Now if you come out and September's no good, you just suck. Like, you're just a bad team that wasn't ready to go when the season started. That's all you are. It's not, oh, Belichick, oh, yeah, it's a preseason. No. You're not going to be ready to go. You're not going to make the playoffs. And after the year Mac Jones put together in his rookie campaign, that would be a major disappointment for this team. Do you think there's more emphasis, though, on these first two games? Because what you're talking about with Miami, but then the week after, you've got somewhat of a new team also in Pittsburgh who named uh, Trubisky as their quarterback. So I think, you know, I I look at the middle stretch, like Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, like that might be second 
least important or second most important compared to these first two games where you're uh, going to Miami and then going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's fair because I, I think there is a path for them to win both games. It's unlikely. I'm not predicting it. But I think if you go down there, you have a good game plan, which I expect them to have. You grind out a game that makes the Dolphins sort of play your style of football. You get a lead and you outlast them at the end. I think you can do that, and I think you can win that game in Miami. Then you go to Pittsburgh, and you play Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky can have bad days, bad games. Like, if your defense is okay, and and Mitch has a disaster of a game, you can win that one. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, those are very, very important games. Now, I don't know how the Ravens are going to be. And we're going to get into that a little bit next when we talk about the you know the NFL and what we expect out of the entire league. But those games probably, you know, Green Bay going there and playing Lamar Jackson, those are going to be the two best quarterbacks you face. So by default, essentially those are going to be tougher games. So if you want to do anything with your season, I think you've got to do it in those first two weeks. You can't start 0-2, and, and even if you start 1-1, and that's going to be tough because you'll be staring 1-3 and in the face. But, yeah, it's not a stretch to say those. T- those you need to put emphasis on those games. Um, look, they did beat Lamar with Cam Newton. I think that was the year after. Yeah, it was the year after he won the MVP and was crazy. Um, but I think if you ever want to accomplish anything close to what you did with Tom Brady and with those other teams, you need to be able to throw the ball down the field. And so far, I've not seen them have that ability. That's the problem. And until I see something like that happening, they are just going to be the Cam Newton Patriots or the post-Tom Brady Patriots that haven't won really anything. Do you think, though, they'll be able to open it up? Like, would they go to, like, the deep balls early on in the game against Miami, or do they continue for, like, checkdowns or whatever? I I think they might try. They might try. I just don't know if they'll be successful. Um, that's an interesting question. I, I think they're going to try. But ultimately, they won't want to venture too far off the reservation, and they will come back to what they know and what they've been doing the last few years is what they've done the best. Short passing game, run the ball, keep it manageable for Mac. try to play good defense. You know, and try to stay in the game as long, especially if you feel like you don't have the better talent. Try to stay in the game as long as you can to to give yourself a chance to win it at the end. That's how I think they're going to play it. Unfortunately, I just think Miami will have more playmakers than you do, and they're going to be able to make the plays at the end of the game once they sort of figure out what the Patriots are doing. That's why I see them pulling ahead. All right, when we get back, let's go around the NFL a little bit. I'll tell you what to expect, including one quarterback, that this is his make-or-break season. We're going to find out what this guy is this year. And I'm not talking about Mac Jones. I'm Mark Dondero. This is WEI Late Night. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, on. And 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Patriots a playoff team, yes or no? No. Okay. They start the season one and three. And they <laughs> never get more they never get more than two games over five hundred. They battle back. Patriots will not allow more than twenty four points except to Miami and Green Bay before Thanksgiving. I might have misphrased that. No, I, I think only, I know what you're saying. Yeah, we were just twice. looking at the yeah. All right, that was Tommy Kern with uh, Gresh and Keefe. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, look. The, it's just so much stiffer in the AFC now. <laughs> I, you just, if you're doing the math in your head, how, how do you expect me to be optimistic? Like, if you're doing it out logically, right? You've got all this indecision... You got all this uncertainty associated with the coaches. Okay, so that's number one. You've got a quarterback and an offensive group that has looked awful. You know, really, they haven't looked good in the preseason. And you've got the strongest conference you've seen in years. Yeah, I think that's more of a testament of, like, the conference got better, but you stayed put. At best. Yeah. Like, I, it just doesn't add up for the Patriots to have a great year. It just doesn't. Like, that logically, you can't just you can't make that connection. And again, for those of you that might not have heard me talk about this because I brought it up before, the whole Bill Belichick thing. Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time. Okay? He's the greatest. Go. Bye. But the problem is... Okay, and I feel like this needs to be repeated. What made him the greatest head coach of all time isn't applicable now. Okay, what made him, and we heard this, if you really watch that man in the arena, they said this. They talked about this. I forget which episode. I tweeted it a few days ago. They talked about this specifically. How Belichick was able to keep the Patriots focused amidst all the winning, how he was able to move them along week to week, the game plans, the different things that he focused on in terms of getting ready for each game, blocking out the distractions. All those things, okay, are what made Bill Belichick the greatest. The management 
of the greatness is what Bill Belichick hung his hat on. That is what made him the greatest head coach of all time. His ability to manage the greatness. Now, obviously, he had a hand in getting the Patriots to that level. You know, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm not saying it was all Tom Brady or anything like that. Belichick had a hand in that. He helped develop Brady. He drafted Richard Seymour. You know, he drafted all those guys that they ended up winning championships with. You know, the second half of the dynasty, Gronk and Edelman and all that. He did. He deserves a lot of that credit. But his ultimate greatness, it wasn't drafting Tom Brady in the sixth round. It wasn't drafting Richard Seymour. Because there were a lot of other guys on that defense that were keys to what they did that first time around that he didn't even come, you know, he didn't draft at all. Willie McGinnis didn't draft. Ty Law, no. Troy Brown, no. Teddy Bruschi, no. Venateri, no. And again, I don't want this to sound like I'm I'm bashing Bill Belichick or anything like that. I'm just saying the GOAT was born out of what he did while the Patriots were great. Keeping them great. You know, it's a lot harder to stay atop the mountain than get to the top of the mountain. Belichick was a huge reason why they stayed atop there. The problem is they're trying to get to the top. That is not what made Bill Belichick the greatest head coach of all time. So just to fall back on that is a misnomer. Because that's not what made him the GOAT. He had a lot of help getting the Patriots to the top. Bill Parcells draft classes, Tom Brady. You know, the tuck rule. Belichick had a huge hand in it, but that's not what made him the greatest of all time. Other guys get to the top. Other guys lead teams to a Super Bowl championship. Mike friggin' McCarthy did. Can you stay there? Can you get back? That's what made Bill Belichick the best. Patriots now are trying to get to the top. It's a different set of skills that Belichick needs to employ. So, I think the quarterback and the Patriots are going to face him in week three. 617-779-7937 if you want to jump in. The quarterback that I think is going to have a make-or-break year this year is Lamar. The Lamar Jackson you see this year, okay, will be the Lamar Jackson that we will see for the duration of his career. That's what I feel. If Jackson comes out and struggles and gets injured and goes away again, guess what? That's Lamar Jackson for the rest of his career. Well, don't forget he's on a contract year. Contract you know, year, special. Everyone, they keep spending and spending and spending, and he doesn't have an agent, so he's representing himself. I think the Ravens got lucky in that regard, I think. Now, you know, I don't think, is he disgruntled that they kind of put him in a lame duck situation? They shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. But I think the Ravens are lucky that this is the situation because if I'm the Ravens, it's very simple. I watch what he does this year. I watch how he bounces back after an injury-plagued subpar 2021 season. And I say, okay, this is the year that Lamar Jackson tells me what he is. This is it. If he does not bounce back and recapture some of, or at least close to that MVP form, he's never getting back to it. This is the year where he gets back to it. 
And that was the concern early in his career. Remember, they were saying, oh, he's running and he's taking all these hits. Like, it's going to add up. And we even saw it with Cam Newton because he was that way with running and taking all those hits. He started to derail as he got older and older. Yeah, the good thing for Cam, the, for Cam Newton, though, he was about 30, 40 pounds heavier. He's a bigger dude. So his body was built to absorb more of those hits. Jackson's not built that way. He's faster than Newton. He's quicker. He's a better athlete. Can't be taking those hits. So, yeah, that is part of this. Does he get hurt? But can he throw the ball? And I've left the door open because early in his career, I thought that Lamar Jackson, and I still think it to an extent, I just thought he was a much better version of Tim Tebow. I thought that, like Tebow with the Broncos, the Ravens had to tailor their offense to what Jackson does well. And I thought when he was actually pushed to throw the ball, when they got off schedule, when they got down in the second half, he would have trouble producing in that spot. And for a long time, he did. Now, last year, he showed signs that he could do that. He he improved, but then he got hurt. With arguably very minimal weapons. Minimal weapons. And, and he doesn't have more this year because they traded Marquise Brown to Arizona. Correct. Now, Andrews is still one of the best uh, tight ends, and he plays that role really well for them. But... This is the year. And, you know, the weapons are what they are. He has to show me that he can not just stay healthy but throw the ball when they're down, when they're off schedule, when the defense knows they're throwing the ball. I need to see Jackson look like that or else he's not getting the Kyler Murray contract or some of these. I mean, it's just not worth it, especially if, once again, you don't come close to doing what you've talked about, which is taking me to the Super Bowl or at least the championship game. I mean, have they ever got? They've never even gotten to the championship game. Not even close, right? They got upset by the Titans the year he won the MVP. Then they what they do? They beat the Titans, I think, on the road. They finally won a playoff game, and then lost to the Bengals or whatever it was. They lost to somebody else. So I need to see more. Then from, they didn't even make it last year. They Remember didn't that. make it because he got hurt. I need to see more. From Lamar Jackson. This is a huge, huge year for Lamar. I'll give you another name that's kind of on that same category. You yeah. just mentioned him. Kyler Murray. He just signed that huge contract, and he hasn't gotten past the first round. He's only made the playoffs one time. So where does he rank in the in the same scenario you're saying with uh, Lamar Jackson? I mean, he's already got his contract, so he's got to go prove it. Different. Um, I think Murray's a better thrower. I think he's more accurate. Um I don't expect him to do well this year, okay? I think that the Cardinals, I'm down on the Cardinals. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is out the first six games. Kyler, too much going on. Murray calling plays. The head coach is having him call the plays to stick it to him, to prove to him that it's not easy. He was worried about the contract. His agent was putting out weird statements. Like I think there's too much going on there for them to be you know, that good especially when you consider that division is good. Like, the Seahawks aren't going to be good, but the 49ers and the Rams, that's a good division. So they're going to have some tough games this year, and I don't expect Murray to play well. And when you're listed as, I'm looking at it right here, the third highest quarterback in terms of average annual value behind Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, guys who have who are established winners and won the Super Bowl, yeah. that's a lot of pressure. It is. That's more pressure than he's ever had. 
And I, I just think, you know, they had, I thought their year last year to really do something, or I guess I should say I thought it was last year where they really were poised to do something. They didn't do that. And, look, I don't think they'll suck. I just think they're not going to be, you know, I don't think they're going to be as good as they've been or that they're going to have the potential that they've had in recent years. I don't see that happening. Um, another team I've, I'm out on, windows closed. Dallas Cowboys window is closed. I think they're going to be 800, uh, 800, 8 and 8, 8 and 7, whatever it is now. 17 games. So 9 and 8, 8 and 9 at best. I think that's what we're talking about for the Dallas Cowboys. That's, that's it. They're not going to be any better than that because of, uh, you know, they've lost receivers. I think they had their opportunity to really do something substantial, and they blew it. They didn't even get to forget about the Super Bowl. I don't think they ever got to the championship game. They didn't. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah. I think they blew their chance. They are done. I think the Eagles win that division, like I said, like Arizona. I don't think they're going to be terrible, but I think they're going to be around a 500 team. That's what I see the Cowboys being, so take them off the list. I'm increasingly interested in the Packers. I think the Packers' defense is going to be close to what they were the year they won the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be their best defense they've had. Now, I'm totally uncomfortable with Rodgers not having a number one because Rodgers has enough issues. He can't come back ever in a game when he's down. And not having the number one, I think, could derail them, but I might pick them to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I'm in the middle. Like, I don't know if they're going to fall off or if they're going to take a step up. Because, yeah, you lose Devontae Adams, but it's still Aaron Rodgers out there. And plus, they're in a weak division. Like, Minnesota's their only challenger, and Minnesota can, like, barely have a 500 record. Yeah, they're in a weak division. Uh, they've got, if A.J. Dillon, former B.C. running back, has a big year, they could get some production out of that type of position. I, I just think, depending on... Who might step up at wide receiver and that defense? And when you factor in the the NFC doesn't really feel that loaded. I mean, look, who else in the NFC do you love? Nobody, really. I mean, the 49ers, they go with Trey Lance. Now, maybe he's going to be a big deal. Maybe he's going to be huge. But I feel like that guy, I don't know, they brought back Jimmy G. Like, what are you doing that for? So that doesn't really give me a lot of confidence in Lance, combined with the fact that he's pretty unproven. So it's hard for me to say they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It's interesting. They've got a lot of weapons, a lot of good players, but I can't just buy in on them unequivocally. The Rams are good. They stayed aggressive. They did everything that I would want my team to do. They're not my team, but if I, you know, keep staying aggressive, keep your foot on the gas, all that thing. But I'm just saying... You really buy in on Matt Stafford to have another big year? I mean, it's still Matt Stafford. He had a good year his first year. He's had some elbow issues. You know, I, I don't I can't I can't just with all this confidence buy in that Matt Stafford is gonna have another banner year. I can't do it. You really want to go in all in on the Bucks? Tom Brady looks distracted. I mean, he doesn't look like he's all there. He's missing training camp practices. I mean, they've had injuries, his center's hurt. There's a lot going on there. Like, I, I just can't. Buy in fully on Tampa. Their defense, you know, feels like it's going to be good again. 
but I can't do it. I don't know. Well, let me just pull up something real quick. This was Tom Brady earlier today uh, talking about him playing at uh, age 45. All right. Even though once at 25, you know, yeah, was I a good football player? Then, yeah, I was pretty good. I think I'm a better football player now, obviously. Um, but I, that also comes with a lot of other aspects of life that continue to change because it is your life. And I think I alluded to a few weeks ago, you know, everyone deals with different things in their life. And, um, you know, because we're, you know, you play out on a big stage and a big, you know, there's, there's a big, uh, there's a big camera that's always on you. You know, you, you're living your life, but you're living your sports life too. And they're covering sports, but they're, you know, they're covering your life too. And you're living your life and you can't stop your life even though sports is happening. So even though I'm, you know, playing in my 23rd year, I have a freshman in high school that's playing football too. I have, you know, a 12 year old that's going through his life. I have a nine year old that's going through her life. So, and I have parents and I have, you know, a lot of things that are really important, you know, off field pursuits and, and goals that you're trying to maximize as well. So does that sound like someone who's committed to like playing football right now and being a Super Bowl champion? No. That's why I said weeks ago, I'm the Bucks. There, it's I'm out. Like they're not going to be. Able, we've seen here what it takes to win Super Bowls. We've seen it uh, six times, or more, depending on if you want to factor in. Uh, if you want to factor in Super Bowls, they've lost. What didn't work? So, uh, you know, not enough. He's not committed enough right now. So what would you say your power rankings are right now for the NFL? What would your top five be? No particular so, order, but just top five in general. Well, real quick, just to wrap up the NFC, I think the Saints are going to be a, a surprise team this year. I like what they've added. Jarvis Landry, Teran Matthew, leadership, playmaking. Chris Olave, I think, is a good player that I liked in the draft coming out of Ohio State. Dennis Allen's been good. Their defense has been all right. If Winston can... Get into a little bit of a rhythm. They could be an interesting team. Yeah, he looked good before he blew My his pa- knee out. Yeah, I haven't really done that. That's a good question. <clears throat> haven't really done that. Um, power rankings. My number one team in the power rankings would be the Buffalo Bills. They're number one right now. My number two team, you know, I'd still have to give it probably out of respect to the Rams. I'd have to give it to the Rams. They're the champs. They, they, I have my reservations about Stafford. Yeah, it's not. It's not like they drastically changed. No, I mean, I, they basically swapped out Von Miller for uh, Bobby Wack or uh, KJ Wright, I think. Yeah, and they added they added Allen Robinson, like they you know for Beckham or whatever. So they didn't stand pat. They still stayed aggressive. I got to give it to them. You know, they were the champs. They didn't change a lot of pieces. My third team would probably be. You know, just based on history, I'd probably just put the Chiefs there. Again, out of respect. Um, and then I'd have to go with... Who am I forgetting? Um, I'm put trying the to... the Packers do, in there? No, not yet. I'm put, I'll probably put the Chargers ahead of them. But there's one other team in the in the AFC I'm forgetting. Bengals? The Bengals. That's the other team Come I'm on, forgetting. Come on, defending AFC defending champs. Defending AFC champs. So I would go... I'm going to give the Chargers the nod over the Bengals, but then I'm going to give the Bengals because they. it feels like they've really addressed their offensive line through the draft, through free agency. So the Bengals would probably be like five. So I've got Bills, Rams, Chiefs, 
Chargers, Bengals. That's my top five right there. Then you'd be probably talking about the Packers. You know, Broncos. No. Out on the Broncos? I'm not in on the Broncos. I need to see more of the Broncos. Like, where? I got to see more. I mean, don't forget, the Seahawks had Russell Wilson and did nothing. And I know the Broncos do have some pieces. They had some, you know, wide receivers, defense. I got to see them first. They're more like 10 to me. Um, And the Raiders are right there with them. You know, I'd probably put the Packers at like six. And then it's up in the air from there. You know, the Bucks would probably be right there, six, seven. Probably put the Bucks at seven just because of Brady. Packers at six. That's kind of like a toss-up. Probably go, it really looks something like that. I, I saw one publication had the Patriots at 17th, I want to say, 18th. I think it's fair to say, middle ground. I think that's fair. Dolphins, I think, were 18th. Patriots were 17th. That's how I see it, and I see a game where it's going to be close. All right. Um, when we get back, random ask emails. Thank you to everybody that sent an email in asking random questions. Um, and we'll wrap things up next. You ever heard Boys Like Girls? Greatest game. You, you were born in the mid-2000s. No, I've heard <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm the, the elder statesman of Gen Z. Okay. So <laughs> we're, they're the only few who knows. All right. Boys Like Girls. They did a song with Taylor Swift back in the day, I think. They did. Yeah, I remember that one. Okay. Not my, not my kind of band. Anyway, um, we actually got an email. Random ask emails about music. So we'll get to that. Uh, first email, Jack and Wellesley writes in. Bart Scott predicted that the Chiefs will miss the playoffs. Do you agree? What did I say earlier in the show? I don't agree with anything Bart Scott has ever said. Okay, so no, I don't agree with that. Um, okay, I, I wouldn't mind. Bart Scott's a linebacker. They've got, I think, Nick Bolton on the Chiefs, is going to be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm that high on the guy. So, yes, they they lost Tyree Kill. I happen to think, unfortunately, that their offense isn't going to look all that different without Hill. Um, All you do is lose the speed element, but you still have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and you got other guys that are going to be able to step in because Reed's so good and Mahomes is so good. I think maybe it could burn them. In the biggest game, AFC Championship or the Super Bowl, where you have to have just that one A guy. Yeah, like like uh, the Buffalo game. Do they make that drive without Tyree right. Kill? Or the Super Bowl a few years ago. They Remember, he caught that ridiculous, whatever it was, third or fourth down play. Like That might be where it bites you, just not having that. But overall, throughout the ins and outs of the regular season, the normal 16-17 game regular season, I think they're going to be all right without Tyree Kill. So I think they're going to make – that would be a huge upset, and I'm not talking about Mahomes getting hurt. If he doesn't – if they don't make the playoffs and Mahomes is there the whole year, that's a huge upset. Like, after what they put together in Kansas City and with the people they still have there, they're going to make the playoffs. 
I don't know what they'll do in the playoffs. I don't think they'll go to the Super Bowl, but they're going to make the playoffs. Um, okay. Claude in Methuen writes in, is Live Golf here to stay? I think it could be here to stay. Um, Competition is always good. But I think what they need to do, they need to change some things. Um, it's too all over the place. And, and, I, and I'll say this about the Live Golf and some of the younger guys, especially like the, the Cam Smiths and those types of players. How could you, if it ever gets to the point where they're unable to play in the majors, I have no idea how you'd be able to stomach that as a competitor, especially as a guy that you know could add to his legacy. If you're Bubba Watson or Lee Westwood, I get it. You're old and done. So why not get the big bag of money and go have some fun at the kinky live golf tour? But if you're a guy that could still win majors and compete at the highest level, how could you? I don't know how you could stomach not doing that. What, what live golf should do, if I'm running live golf, what I would do, they have the team event, but nobody cares. What you should do is try to find a way to affiliate various teams with cities. Cities all over the world, all over the U.S., whatever you want. And give fans a reason, like a regionalized reason, to gravitate towards those teams. I think that would increase the interest. That's what I would do. A couple quick more. Frank and Franklin. Give me your Mount Rushmore of rock and roll albums. All right, I'll give you mine. Metallica, the Black Album. Unbelievable. I've got Hybrid Theory from Linkin Park. I've got Nirvana, Nevermind. And then my fourth one would probably be, I don't know, maybe Pearl Jam 10. That's a tough question. Last one. What's your lock of the week for week one in the NFL? Jess in Lemonster. Under. Patriots, Dolphins, book it. Joe, thanks, man. We got to go. Have a good night. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.